I really enjoy our congregational singing. Everybody's singing together and great, great messages in the songs. I hope you were thinking of those as we were singing. You know, it's it's too easy to get in autopilot in our Christian life. You know, we sit down and read the Bible and just, you know, we read and when we're done, all we know is we read the Bible, all right? Um, sometimes it can be that way with songs, too, that, okay, yeah, we, I know this song. And so we really need to pray that God would give us a freshness of spirit and uh, in our daily walk with Him as we gather together for church and um, that our love for Him would be fervent. <clears throat> If you don't know the source of a problem, you cannot fix it. I'm reminded um, a number of years ago, um, we were in the basement and the TV was on and it all of a sudden went off. And one of the younger kids then went up and pushed the button to turn it on on the TV, and it came on, and then it went off again. Well, I don't remember who had the remote, but it turned into quite the humorous event of this younger child, who I will leave nameless to protect the guilty, I guess, (coughs) would turn it on and, and get this look of consternation and be standing there watching it, and it'd go off, and it, what's going on, you know, and turn it on again, and and this went on to the joy and amusement of the rest of the family, until finally the other person, um, the one that was troubled by it, realized something was going on, and and you might be saying. That was cruel, and that was not nice. Well, then be glad you didn't grow up in our family, all right? It helps them prepare for the issues of life, you know, when everybody isn't bowing down to you and so on. So when when they figured out what it was, well, then you could fix the problem, all right? In many situations in life, we don't really understand the source of our suffering. And this morning, we want to look at a number of sources. It's easy for us to conclude to one. But as I was, as I was thinking of this this morning, um, I was distracted by what was up there, all right? As as I was thinking of the various sources that we're going to look at, I was reminded of these diagrams where they have a lot of circles and, and then where all these circles intersect is all the things that they have in common. Um, does anybody know what those are called, that diagram? Yes. I didn't know what it was, and thankfully, you can type into your computer. This is what I typed in. 
What is the diagram that has intersecting circles? And, and at first it came up with um, intersecting circles diagrams. And I thought, well, I was certain that once upon a time, an elementary school teacher taught us about Venn diagrams. I didn't know the name of it until finally then I saw it, okay, it came up, Venn diagrams, I clicked on that, and yes, that was it. So, we're not going to draw diagrams, but we're going to look at various circles of sources of suffering today, and I think you'll come away saying, oh man, where these intersect is is a big area in my life, and, and it applies. And we began in Genesis chapter 3, and really, this is the source, <clears throat> and we'll look at some of the offsprings of it, but in Genesis chapter 3, you find where man disobeyed God, independent and self-sufficient, and being independent and self-sufficient, they disobeyed God and plunged all of mankind into sin. And Job said, man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. And indeed, because of the curse, um, there is much trouble. He said to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow in conception. He said to the man, um, you will toil. That wasn't the curse because man worked before the fall. But now the fall was they would have thorns and thistles and multifloral rows and anything that you don't want naturally grows. You never go to a garden and say, oh, wow, look, a row of carrots came up. But you go to a garden and you say, ah, look at foxtail is here and lamb's quarters and lamb's ear and, and I don't even know what this weed and marigold or morning glory. That's the viney things, right, that are horrible. They just come up and it doesn't matter if they have rain or no rain. There are certain flowers that prosper with, or not flowers, weeds that prosper with rain, certain without rain, and some it doesn't matter whether it rains or doesn't, they prosper. And that all goes back to the curse. And, and so that is the source because sin is the source of suffering. You think about it. Was there, was there suffering in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man? And I have no idea how long that was, okay? From the time they were created to the time that they sinned, I, I'll be curious to find out someday how long it was, but I would anticipate it wasn't very long, all right? But think about it. There was no suffering. And immediately upon the fall, there was suffering. 
So we know that sin is the source of suffering. See, God created mankind to be free and permanent. Free with no end. Sin changed all that. We are now enslaved and transient and temporal. The ultimate effect of sin is suffering. It's the struggle. And, and I urge you to attend your, your um, afternoon or evening study because it, it just dovetails exactly with this. Um, God is so gracious. I had no idea how... Uh, God was leading in the suffering series and with the struggle series. But the struggle will go over that sin broke our relationship with God, with ourselves, and with others. And it is the source of suffering. So we realize we suffer, one of the first circles that we look at, We suffer because we live in a fallen world. As I mentioned in Genesis 3, the world is under the curse. And um, under the curse, we are forced to deal with with things. I I don't know what the purpose of mosquitoes was um, before the fall, but they had some purpose. But after the fall, they get their blood or their food or whatever. I don't know much about them, although they're a pest, all right? And all of these things that God created to dwell together in harmony, when the curse came, it radically changed things. And it it brought suffering. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, as Paul is addressing this, He says, even today, the whole creation groans and travails together in pain under the curse of sin. And it's waiting for the redemption. It's waiting when God comes and makes things right. And our our whole creation is groaning and travailing. So, We suffer because we live in a fallen world. I mean, so that one applies to every one of us. You can't avoid it. You you were born in this world, and this world involves the fall. And because of sin, we age, we weaken, our bodies are subject to diseases, we die. It all, all of that involves suffering. I'm not, I'm not minimizing. There's good things in life too. But um, our series is on suffering. And someone last Sunday said, how long are we going to have to suffer through this series? And I always like to know the end of things when... When I was in athletics and, and they'd say, okay, we're going to do this drill. If they said we're doing this for the next two minutes, I like to know the end of things. 
So I'm not going to let you suffer not knowing the end of this, but the suffering series will go through the end of August, okay? Prepare yourself, all right? As Asa said, I'm the pester, the pessimistic pastor, all right? Whatever. Um, but we live in this fallen world, and, and we suffer with it. You know, no one says as they get older, yes, I'm not near as strong as I used to be. Praise God. I'm not suffering. Everyone, when, when we get a disease, it's suffering. You, you can't deny it. So we suffer because we live in a fallen world. But thirdly, we suffer because of choices we make. Adam and Eve were given the privilege to choose, and they chose independence, self-sufficiency, and with that came sin and death. But they were given the opportunity to choose. James chapter 4 says, From whence comes wars and fightings among you? That involves suffering. He says, They come of your own lust and desires that are in you that we choose to pursue certain courses of action that will bring suffering. Proverbs chapter 14 says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I can rationalize and think this is a good way to go. I can get other people that would agree with me that this is a good plan of action. But if it violates God's law, it doesn't matter who agrees with me. It doesn't matter what my rationale is. It will end in the ways of death, and that is a path of suffering. So, it's, it's basic. If I choose to violate God's law, there will be adverse consequences. And so, it's really good for us to learn to see cause and effect. To see, oh, if I do this, this is what happens. And if you want to know a prime way to learn this is read the book of Proverbs in particular, zeroing in there. But read the Bible. And it tells us over and over again, God tells us many, many things. If you do this, this will happen. And he tells us in a negative sense, if you slander your brother... If you speak evil of them, um, he says, you can expect that evil will not be unpunished. In Proverbs 17 today, today the proverb of the day, you, you read that. You read, he says, if you go intermeddling with strife not belonging to you, go sticking your nose in other people's business, he said... Don't be surprised when you get hurt like one who takes a dog by the ears. Is that hard to understand? 
You know, when you go up to a dog, you, you usually stick your hand out, okay? You don't go up and grab it by the ear. Hey, Fido, how you doing today? When you do that, you'll get bit. If it's a dog worth anything, okay? So he says, I go sticking my nose in all these people's business, and then I suffer for it. <laughs> no, you suffer because of the decision you make. He, he gives us warnings about finances. He gives us warnings about everything. And so a lot of suffering is self-inflicted. He said, if you honor me with the first fruits, he said, I'll take care of things in your life. But if you don't, your bags will have holes in them. Your money bags will have holes in them. It'll disappear. I mean, over and over again. He says, if you bless Israel, I'll bless you. If you curse them, I will curse you. Suffering is guaranteed when we reject God and His design. And we live in a world today that it's very popular to reject God and His design. We didn't get to where we are in our nation um, because we followed God's design. But individually, we suffer because of choices we make. Next, we suffer because of choices other people make. There are many things that are out of our control, but that affect us greatly. Um, saw a headline, I don't even know the name of the guy, but some race car driver, 36 or 39, was filling up his vehicle at a gas station in California, and a guy came up and stabbed him to death. That guy's wife and family is suffering today, not because of anything they did, but because of choices someone else made. Next week we'll hear about the suffering that's going on in Ukraine. Those people are suffering not because of choices they made, but because of choices leaders and globalists and World Economic Forum have made. There are farmers in the Netherlands that are suffering today, not because they planted the wrong crop, they're suffering today because their government worked with globalists to sign that we're going to go green and, and now it has hampered everything that those farmers do. They're on the verge of losing their properties because if you can't grow a crop, you can't pay the, the, payments for the land, and lo and behold, who comes in and says, well, we'll come in and we'll buy your property from you? The World Economic Forum. But they're suffering because of decisions other people have made. 
Jonah's decision affected the sailors. They were put in a bad storm. They're throwing everything out, trying to survive. It wasn't because they didn't pay attention to the weather Doppler and didn't see this storm coming. It was because of Jonah. Achan, who took what God forbade, said, no, you don't take anything of those that you conquer in this situation. He took it. He hid it. He died, but his whole family died. They died because of choices he had made. Joseph's life was turned completely upside down because of choices his brothers made. People suffer because of their of the decisions their leaders make. Every time you go to the gas pump and you think, "Man, this much to fill up this vehicle?" And the ramifications of the implications of that in every area of inflation, that is because of decisions that other people have made. Day one of this president's presidency, he shut down the pipeline. That's a decision he made that now is affecting everybody in our nation. And it's affecting many people that now they're, they're forced to make decisions. Uh, we only have this much money. What do we do with it? We can't do that. We can't do that, but we must do this. There are people listening today. You have had major, major Harm and suffering brought into your life because of someone else's decision. It happens over and over again. People's lives have been turned upside down by others' decisions of adultery and incest and divorce and indebtedness and gambling and addictions. And we could go on and on and on. No man lives to himself. No woman lives to himself. Every decision that I make affects others. And when we make decisions contrary to God's way, it affects us, but it affects others. And it involves suffering. So we, we suffer because of the choices other people make. Again, we suffer because we are Satan's enemy. And I'm talking, first of all, just as human beings. Every human being was made in the image of God. And so when Satan looks at human beings, he is reminded of God. And he seeks to keep every human being from the truth. That brings suffering. And he will use suffering to turn people away from God. If there's a God, why does he allow all this suffering? And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit today and as we go on in the future. But he also hates believers. 
and he seeks to do them harm. He seeks to destroy a believer's testimony. He seeks to break fellowship with God. We are always a child of God, but we can be out of fellowship with God, and Satan seeks to do that. And he he has many ways. But I'm just mentioning that this morning as as another source of suffering in the spiritual warfare. Um, Satan hates anything of God, and any any step of obedience to God is a contested step. And so he seeks to deceive us and to get us to call evil good, and in so doing, we end up suffering because we're violating God's law. But next, we suffer because of choices God makes. God chose to let Satan have access to Job. This may go against some thinking. In John 9... A man was born blind, an adult man, and they said, the source of all suffering is sin. So who sinned, God? Did he or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. This man was born blind that I may show my power. So God chose or allowed whatever, however you want to look at it, He allowed for this man to be born blind. We, we can look all throughout history, but look throughout the Bible. God chose to raise up the Babylonians to come in and conquer Israel and bring them into bondage and lead them astray in bondage. He raised up them. You, you look throughout all the Old Testament and, and throughout all of history. God raises up evil nations to be his instrument of judgment on his people. And it is God's doing. He put it in the heart. And he, he does the same thing again. He raised up Cyrus, the wicked king, to be an instrument to help bring Israel back from bondage into freedom. And so we see God is instrumental in sometimes using suffering in our life. <clears throat> so, and there, there may be other areas, sources of suffering. They all have this common thing that they, they go back to... Sin, even God using the Babylonians, it's the sin nature in man that God is using. So sin is the problem. And people then ask, okay, all this suffering and, and, and we didn't even scratch the surface and not minimizing suffering, but the suffering in this world is horrific. 
And people say, why doesn't God do something about suffering? Why does God allow this suffering? Why does God allow, and you can fill in the blank with the perverse, wicked, indescribable suffering that takes place among human beings? The problem isn't that God hasn't done something. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why did Jesus Christ die? To pay the penalty for sin, the source of all suffering. And God showed his love in Genesis 3.15 when he said that which is born of a woman will then conquer and be the solution to the problem of suffering. Jesus Christ came and suffered the wrath of God upon sin. He suffered the mocking of man. He suffered the punishment of the crucifixion. But most importantly, he suffered the wrath of God bearing our sin, my sin. To be the solution to suffering. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, it says, For he... God made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us. Although Jesus Christ knew no sin, he was made sin for us. And it says that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So here I am. I'm in this fallen world because of sin. I'm suffering because of choices I've made. I'm suffering because of choices other people have made. I'm suffering because Satan hates me and hates you. And I'm suffering because of what is going on in this world. And there is no help and there is no hope. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Sin brought death. Jesus Christ brings everlasting life. And Christ alone deals with sin. Not only to forgive it, but also to make it work for his purposes and Christ alone will completely destroy it. So, let me, let me just quickly go over. Christ alone, and, and these now are parallel to the six sources of suffering. Christ alone, we said sin is the source of suffering. Christ alone conquers sin. 
1 Corinthians 15.55 says, it's the resurrection chapter. And it says, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is death. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory in Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin is the suffering of, sin is the cause of all suffering, and Jesus Christ alone conquers sin. People say, why doesn't God do something? He has done something. He's done the greatest thing you can do. He gave His Son to bear the penalty of sin, to conquer sin, which He has conquered, and we'll see the outworking of that in the future. Second, we said we suffer because we live in a fallen world. Jesus Christ alone reverses the curse. The day is going to come. Read Revelation 21. We're not going to look at it now. But there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more separation. There'll be no, the tears will be wiped away from the eyes. There will be no more suffering. He reverses the curse. We said we suffer because of choices we, we make. And every one of us have our hall of shame. Every one of us have choices we've made that have caused suffering to various degrees in our life. But Jesus said, if you confess your sin... That he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He alone is the solution to every bad choice we've made. And, and in the songs that we sang this morning, some of them made reference to that, that, that he's washed us clean. In Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You may, you may be here today and, and you say, there are things in my past that I don't even want to think about. You don't have to if they're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation. He alone can deal with the suffering because of the choices that we make. We suffer because of choices other people make. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, we find the promise that God says, My grace is sufficient for you. Every situation in life that you're faced with, whether your choice or just because you're living in a fallen world or because someone else's choices that bring suffering upon you, God promises to give His grace for every situation so that we can honor God in every situation. So it's not like we're just... We're just ducks in the water, you know, that there is, there is no hope. They made that choice and I suffer for it. It was out of my control. 
we can get God's grace, and in the weeks to come, we'll look at this in more detail, we can get God's grace to walk victorious even through that. We said we suffer because we are Satan's enemy. 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, meaning Satan and all his forces, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, we have an enemy, but God who dwells within us is greater He's already won the victory. We can rest in that. We can rejoice in that. We said we suffer because of choices sometimes that God makes. And and maybe I should have switched number four, grace for every circumstance, to number six and put number six in number four. And you're saying, you've got me totally confused. Well, let me just say... God promised that he is able to make all things work together for good if we love God and are committed to his purpose. So whether it's someone else made a decision and it's out of my control and I'm suffering because of it now, God is able to take all that and make it work together for good if we are committed to his purpose. Or if it's something that God has allowed in my life, as he did to the Apostle Paul, and we'll deal with this in future weeks, a thorn in the flesh. And Paul prayed three times that God would remove it. And God said, no, I've given this to you for a purpose. It was God giving him this suffering. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. So in every, every aspect, all six of the sources of suffering, God has done something about it. And ultimately, he will fully fulfill and sustain his promises, and he will bring us through faith in Jesus Christ to a day and a place where there will be no more sin. So there will be no more suffering. And honestly, there is no other way, there's no cognitive, logical, reasonable way to look at the suffering in this world except through the lens of God and His Word. And when we look at it through God and His Word, it doesn't mean we'll understand it all. But it means there is a solution. And it again draws us back to God. His purpose, one of the purposes we said last week, two purposes last week, to reveal self and to show us God. And if you forget anything else, His purpose is to bring us to God. And it is Christ alone. That is the answer. Why doesn't God do something about suffering? He's done it. He's at work yet. And he will continue. And the day will come when all suffering will be over because all sin will be separated from God. Heavenly Father, 
you alone know what individuals today may be suffering. And Lord, you alone are the answer. And I pray if there is an individual here today that has never called upon you for the forgiveness of sin, turn from their independence and self-sufficiency to bow before you and cry out to you for mercy and forgiveness. Lord, I pray today that they would be set free in Christ from the burden and guilt of sin. And then, Lord, I pray for believers here today. I, I pray that you would help us to see that your great love for us, that you saw the weight of our suffering and sin, and you sent your Son to pay the penalty for our sin, bear the wrath of God the Father, and give us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And with that, that we then can look forward to the end of suffering. That we can rejoice that you give us the grace for this current suffering. And that you are at work in our lives. So Lord, accomplish your purposes through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.